Hey, this is Keith from the Bluff Council, and if you love 90s basketball as much as we do, you're going to love this episode where we discuss white men can't jump. If you enjoy this episode, please consider subscribing to us on Spotify or our YouTube channel. Thanks again, and enjoy. Okay. You want to you wanna lead us off? Or do you want me to kick it in, kick it to you right away, or what do you want? I don't, uh, you start. You're better at starting and finishing in the middle. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, we're, we're here on the Bluff Council. Have <laughs> Duran, Keith Macri. This is how I always start yeah, the episodes. I take, I take everything I just said back. <laughs> I take everything I said. I just want to erase all of this. It's White Man Can't Jump. You got that big Z in your pro, man. What are you, the Black Zorro? What are you doing? I'm doing two things. What? I'm making them mad. Most guys don't play good when they're mad. Look, you know you're embarrassing me. That's what you're doing. Yeah, well, that's the other thing I'm doing. I only have four words for you. White men can jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Woo! It's a movie that Keith loves. My favorite basketball player of all time, John Starks. Starks! He's the best and my favorite. Probably, do you know, fun John Starks trivia, he was the first NBA player to ever hit 200 threes in one season. Wow, a record that stood for a, a really for long time. next didn't season. Steph, didn't <laughs> Steph just get 400? three-pointers. When you're John Starks, you got to take what you can you get. You take what you get. One-time All-Star. <laughs> He's like not even in the top four or five best Knicks of all time, and you've got him as the best NBA player of all time. <laughs> no, I just say he's my favorite. He's not the best. He's second best. Okay. That's like me in D.C. Me and my boy Doug Christie here. I was going to say Derek Coleman? What are you, a big Derek Coleman guy? <laughs> <laughs> Doug Christie's my favorite player of all time. Yeah, John Starks is my Shout favorite. Shout out to Doug. Yeah. The glue that glue that held those early Kings, uh, those great Kings teams together. We know that Doug is a fan of the show, so thank you for watching, mm. Doug. Uh, uh, thank you, Doug. A one-time Nick as well, and I'm a big Knicks fan because I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah. So, <laughs> <Truly>. <laughs> There's no more appropriate evidence of someone just hating themselves yeah. than you being a Knicks fan. It's yeah. just the perfect. We we perfect equally thing. hate ourselves and have no self-respect whatsoever. Down a two, you're in. White man can't jump. White man can't jump. Welcome. <laughs> uh, this is my new 10th favorite film of all time. And I had forgotten, much like we just talked about with uh, Last of the Mohicans. I, it, it, it slipped my mind, not because I don't <clears throat> adore this film, but because it just it's hard. Make a top 10 list and see how difficult it is. It's not easy to really narrow yeah. it down. There's so many films you love. And this film meant... So much to me. In 1992, it came out. I did not see it in 1992. I was nine, so I didn't <laughs> see it at that time. But when I got to, you know, seventh or eighth grade, I want to say, it 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 opened my eyes <laughs> to a lot of to a lot of things because I was a young kid, uh, a basketball player growing up. I loved basketball, and I was like, oh. This is how you do it. <laughs> you yeah. just talk a ton of shit. <laughs> everything. This is how you do everything. This is everything how you do everything. It yeah. just it opened my. I was definitely too young to watch it when I watched it, 
It has a little bit of nudity in it, a lot of sexual uh, uh, things in it, uh, uh, a lot of swearing. Sex scenes just just for the sake of sex just scenes. Just to do it's it. Just, uh, just to <laughs> great, great choices. <laughs> while while we're on here, one of my favorite lines of the of the film is, "I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna put my mouth where this money is." Right. <laughs> so I was just I was like, "Oh my god, this is assaulting all yeah, my senses." Yeah, no, I know. It was like mind blowing. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, what's happening?" You ain't gonna be able to deal with that. Be quiet. Bring it on, bad boy. Excuse me, I'm talking here. It welcomed me into street culture. I played a lot of, this is gonna make me sound like I'm cool and I'm not, but I played a lot of street basketball growing up in many different neighborhoods. And it was sort of eye-opening to that experience as well because it is a very, it's, it's a culture, it's its own uh, basketball style, genre, culture. See, baby, this here is outdoor ball. It's a little different from that country club shit that you used to. See out here, when you shoot, you got just for the win. Because out here at the beach, baby, the wind can push the ball to the left or the right, six to eight inches. You know what I'm saying? I adore the film. So, what is your introduction or, or meaning or uh, uh, attraction to this film? Uh, it's remarkably similar. I, I, I love this movie. I think this movie is so much fun. I think m movies aren't often as fun as this movie is. Just from top to bottom, it's, a, it's, it's just a great time. Uh, very similarly, I, I wasn't uh, obsessed with basketball at a young age, but this movie kind of introduced that obsession to me. Like, this movie was really transformational, which is funny to say, but when you're 10 or 11, which is how old I was when I first saw it, uh, it, 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 it was, it's just so much, it's such an assault in a good way for, like, a little boy, um, especially, like, a little white-appearing kid that lives in a small town or is in a very diverse place, and I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, th this is really remarkable, the way these people are talking to each other and, and the, the racial dynamics within that, that were clearly present, as, as it's addressed very clearly, uh, <laughs> who you call an Opie and uh, all the <laughs> you fucking geek and all the, all the trash talk to Woody. But it's, it was done, I mean, for better or worse, uh, in a very, like, playful way where there was a mutual respect. Uh, and so it was just, like, this really eye-opening experience. Um, I can... I was never big into team sports, as I think I said. I, I grew up in a martial arts household, so that's what the focal point was on. But this movie made me want to start playing basketball. I, I, I had never really played basketball, but I went out for the team, like in seventh grade, because of this movie. And I can remember, uh, I can remember practicing all of Wesley Snipes' dribbling moves in my dad's <laughs> garage. Um, just really trying to nail that one where he does like the spin no, and then yeah, he spins his body <laughs> in, in the in the first championship match yep. or whatever in the tournament. Yep. Uh, n never could perfect it. <laughs> never could perfect it. But I, I mean, I spent like weeks like just doing that same motion over and over again. Like I got to nail this time in the dribble. I remember it. I, I'll still do it to this day if I go out to a basketball court. Um, so huge, hugely impactful. And uh, and then as I got older. I really did get into pro basketball and following it and learning all about it. And I got really into playing basketball and much like you described, played a ton of street ball all over the place, um, including on those very courts in Venice Beach. So mm. that's kind of a cool little, uh, little yeah. story. <laughs> yes, Walter, yes, yes, yes. Hard goddamn work making you look so bad. What do you think this film does best? It's shot very uh, adoringly. You can tell Ron Shelton, writer director, mm -hmm. loves basketball, loves the game, and one like it's 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 evident throughout the way he shoots it and the way they they put it together. But in the final big game against uh, K 
King and Duck. King and Duck? King and the Duck! The whole game is in slow motion. The entire game is in slow motion. And it's just the crossovers and the finger rolls and shot really close up. And it's, it's just the beauty of that dance, which I think that anybody who loves basketball and probably almost any sport, when you watch it and you know it and you see what's happening, uh, it resonates with them. I just, I, I love everything about that from the, the beauty of the game to the streetball culture we're talking about to all the sort of things that are probably kind of inside elements to people that love basketball, like even that racial stuff that I mentioned again. It was like how many times I've been called white boy on a basketball court, but you don't take, there, there's no offense to any of it or it's like, you know, like I, I, I've played in, uh, I've played in very uh, racially diverse games in, in, different, in different cities and stuff. And a lot of times a black guy passed me the ball on the three point line. And even if I'm not even ready for it, and, and I've heard them say, like, oh, he's a white boy. I know he can shoot. Yeah. And then it's like, well, I have to hit this three. <laughs> I have to hit this no three choice. or I'm going to get run out of here. I have to continue and, you know, the stereotype. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, it's just, but there's, there's a, this is not a bad thing to say in 2021, but there's a certain comfort to that world that we all know and are living in. And this, and this movie reminds me of that. And besides that, I will say the script. I think, I think the script is... Very funny. Uh, I think it's very, very sharp and clever. You wanna run? You mean play basketball? No, we mean ice hockey. Get your tied butt up here, Gretzky. You've touched on there's like three things I wanna I wanna touch on, and I'm gonna forget all of them and just ramble. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> the script is outstanding. I love I uh, just because it's the last thing you said. The script is outstanding because these are the type of films I, I want to make. A film that is honest, sincere, funny and and uh, dramatic. It hits every sense. It, there's the, you'll, you might laugh in this movie, you may cry in this movie. There's heartbreak, there's love, there's friendship. There's so much packed into this, so many themes that are so well represented all under the umbrella of, of basketball. It's, it's, the script I think is, is excellent. What I love about this film, what I think this film does best is I think it really gets to the core of approval. I mean, Woody Harrelson is clearly, I think, trying to prove that he belongs here. But his character, it doesn't just, it's not just basketball. He's trying to prove himself to his wife. He's trying to prove himself to Sydney. He's trying to prove himself to the Stucky brothers. He, he is, everything revolves around his desire, not to be the best, but just to have purpose, to belong in something. Like, I, I just think that is the root of everything that drives him in this film. The most heartbreaking film, the scene in that film, some might argue is the end, but to me, it's when he's trying to dunk. Billy. Shut up! Billy, listen to me. What? White men can't jump. He just can't let go of the fact that he doesn't, that Wesley Snipe doesn't think he's something. That I yeah. can't do this, that I'm not good enough, that I'm not on your level, that I, this, and they just came off this epic win. You would think any person logically would go home and celebrate. We did it, I yeah. did it, I did it, and it's never good enough. It's never good enough for, for, for what? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I just think it's, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying, which, and I think it's really good insight. Uh, 
<laughs> Having said that, <laughs> I just think it's hilarious that you get like you get so fired up and you find such like deep meaning in these movies that I think are mostly. I mean, you're not wrong about what you said, but the, that like white men can't jump and Dumb and Dumber have like these <laughs> such deeper themes yeah. that you're like, oh, and you could like break it down. But then like a movie like Last of the Mohicans or Zodiac or something, you're like, I don't see it. Don't There's see no it. development. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> just, yeah, <fuck> it. <laughs> but white men can't jump. You're like going five layers in and being like, he. He was. He had a poor childhood, and you can see his anger at his father. And you no. know, it's just it's really, That's not it's what really I'm, funny. I just really, re- I relate to it. I relate to never feeling like you're good enough, never feeling like people really accept you. And I feel that about everything. I feel that basketball. I feel it about film. I feel it about professional. I feel it. I feel inadequate in every facet of life. So, yeah. so it's just something that I can just relate to, and I just, I, I that that scene to me is 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 just so tangible. Of yeah. he's doing something he physically knows he can't do. Shit! But trying to will himself to prove himself to for someone that doesn't need to be proved to. Like no one's asking him to do this. Yeah, like it's all good. It's man. all made. Yeah, home. it's all good. Just go home. And he's he's just. But it's it's the psychology of an athlete. I think it's the psychology of someone who just who just desperately needs approval and love and he just can't get enough of it. The first two acts are perfect. Okay. And I think the third act is pretty good. Okay. Uh, so if I'm going to get into any criticism... Please do. That, I mean, that's pretty mild criticism. Um, but that, that would, that's my main thing. Is that The third act always feels like, oh man, they're... It's, it's just, it's 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 doing some things. Give me an example. First two give, give me an example. What you do? What would you change or don't like? I don't. I, I can't even say that I would change or don't like anything. I don't know what I would do better. Which which should speak to a little bit about like how minimal I mean this criticism. Yeah. I love the movie. I think it's almost a perfect movie, but for the third act, where I just think it's a little jumbled. The resolution to the the Stuky brothers thing is is a little. A little random. Yeah. Uh, it's a, I don't want to say convenient, but it's just a little like, uh, okay. Um, and while I love it, so I'm not, I'm not advocating for abolishing this, but the, the Jeopardy subplot does kind of, because all of a sudden they're on a Jeopardy, the Jeopardy show for like three minutes. Yeah. Like it's like a pretty, it's a pretty considerable little scene, three or four minutes. And you're just like, so we're just watching a Jeopardy episode now? (laughs) Which again, I love, like I grew up loving Jeopardy. Let's go with the foods that start with the letter Q, please. A game bird related to a partridge. Gloria. What is a quail? The realisticness of uh, the the security guard getting her in and on the show is is a stretch. Again, I'm willing to look past that because it's also entertaining and it's very nitpicky of me. But just that that whole thing is just kind of like, okay, we've kind of abandoned what was mostly a very realistic story. Here's where I'll, I'll go next. We have to talk about race, probably. And now, two white guys discuss race relations on a very special episode of The Bluff Council. Their racial difference is not in uh, like a core element of the story. Like the storyline itself does not hinge upon that. Like Correct. it's not like they have to have an in-depth conversations beyond 
the kind of funnier ones like Jimi Hendrix and and those sort of things. Like clearly that's there, um, but it's not like a, 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 an instigator for the plot is their right. race. But their dynamic you know, and I think is that their that's... whole dynamic is based on the, their racial differences. Their their character dynamics are. And a lot yeah, of comedy get, comes from I that. don't think it, it ever gets that heavy-handed. It, and it like doesn't, it never... but that's that's what I like about it. Like, that's what I'm, I guess I'm trying to say is I think that's one of the best parts of the film is that the film just, like, does a good job of showing and presenting all all things, like, all sides of a race discussion at that time at, in 1992. Yeah. But I can't imagine, I can't imagine today a film saying a white man wants to win first look good second a black man wants to look good first win second that is the yes. most ridiculous yes. piece of philosophical bullshit i have ever heard it's part of their dichotomy as and the part of their relationship and it's what makes the film interesting those bumps it's ugly it's you know like it's it's ups and downs and that that's what i was talking about last in mohicans like it's his whole character there is just smooth but this is choppy it's bumpy it's it's difficult it's you know it it's tough, but at the end of the yeah. movie, this is a film about friendship. This is about friends yeah. and, and being there for one another, despite these differences and and, and their imperfections. And their imperfections. They're all such imperfect, imperfect people. A hundred, yeah. yeah it, everyone is flawed in this film in different yeah. ways, and they come together for each other. They show up for one another, and you just you can't have that emotional satisfying of an ending without seeing those scars and those bumps and those bruises and you know throughout and yeah. And you're I, watching them work it out. You, yeah, you watch them work it out. You watch them have those tough conversations, or you know, or not even conversations. You just yeah. see those examples. It doesn't even need to be like so overtly a conversation. Just like you just yeah. see the examples. But that's what I mean. Is I'm is I'm so glad that like there there wasn't some uh, plot crux or you know a pivot point or, or storyline where uh, like Sydney being black kept them out of a tournament or you know like yeah, not yeah, that yeah, it would yeah, in the yeah. early 90s but you know what i mean yeah, it's like that yes. sort of thing where it becomes the story whereas the fact that they these two characters are just able to have these conversations very uh uh realistically and and frankly and and jovially a lot of the time yeah uh allows for really interesting conversations and also like doesn't put i think like this tremendous weight of moral importance on it. Like yeah. they're not having these deep discussions about it. They're just a couple of guys talking shit about like, you know, the, the, the different cultures. You can't listen to Jimmy. I listen to Jimmy. You yeah. know, you know, white man can't jump. Like all this, like it's just, yeah, it's fine. But that's like, what's it, great okay about it. Talk about and that's what's great. Yeah. I think that was a reflection of the time, but you can't, that, I guess that was my original sort of thought process that I probably butchered to, to get to. But I don't that that even that type of conversation I don't think is welcome in general populations, but I, and definitely not in film. And I think film and television are leaders in that in that way of of ha, of making it feel okay to have conversations or just be aware of differences. Like I don't think that's inherently a bad thing. Where now it feels like it is a bad thing to just acknowledge it when these guys are just openly, like casually, you know, and and no malice behind it. It's just. We're learning. We're learning together. We're learning about this. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I'm... Yeah. The no malice is important, too, because that's another thing that a lesser film would have done, is they would have had a scene where, like, Woody says the N-word. 
or something because he's really mad. Yeah. No, you know what I mean. Yeah. No, you're and right. I'm laughing like at the a, film, not the N word. Like, yes, a shitty film yeah. would would. Yeah. It's like yeah. I slipped. Because yeah. then that becomes like a big part, and then their racial differences is a source of the rage that separates that. You know what I mean? Yes. And then it's about that. Yeah. And it never seems like it's about that in this movie. It's just this presence that's always there that they're having funny, interesting conversations. About. Yes. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I made a list. I started, as I always do, I take notes. Yeah. And I try to write down, like, my favorite things or things I want to talk about. Usually things I want to talk about. Um, but this one was just almost all lines. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so it's incredibly sort of like funny. Dumb and dumber. So quotable. So quotable. And then as I, as I rewatched it, like, just remembering other things that impacted my life. Like, this kicked off my love affair for basketball. It made me want to join the basketball team. I practiced these weird basketball moves all the time, which are so unnecessarily flashy. All of, like, Wesley Snipes' passes are just like, what are you doing? It's a horrible pass. Of course, it usually works out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Off the backboard. There's one that's got, like, a layup, and he just, like, throws it (laughs) off the backboard. What is That took me, like, years to figure out that was intentional. I was like, why does he do that? (laughs) And then finally, like, several years later, it's like, I guess it's a pass because they argue about it after. Yeah, it's a pass. Nah, nah, fuck this. Both you motherfuckers are crazy. I'm going to my car. Get my other gun. Shoot everybody's ass. I think Raymond's the best character in the movie. <laughs> uh, shoot, get my gun, shoot everybody's ass. And then the best thing is that he comes back later at that end tournament. At one point you just see Raymond in the crowd. He goes, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> like he's just really excited. I'm yeah. like, yeah, good old Raymond. Raymond is fantastic. I, I love when he just he goes, no, no, no. This ain't Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that shopkeep, that, that store owner does such a great job where he's like, get the fuck out yeah. of here. <laughs> he's just like so, just, Raymond, is that you? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's that that whole scene. I can't tell you how many times I've quoted so much of this. Me and my sister love this movie and yeah, shoot everybody's ass. I'm gonna get my other gun. I just yeah. and it's just this little performance where it's like and shoot everybody's ass. Everybody's like, it's just the perfect. Yeah, <laughs> like, the, like I really believe like his reality is being shaken and he's yeah. I'm gonna shoot everybody. Like I don't give a. F- like, he is struggling to re- comprehend <laughs> and he really shows that. Yeah, like I like you really like, see you that really behind his eyes that. where he's just like. Everybody's making me look stupid right now. Yeah, I, like, I don't know what to believe. I'm just going to use violence. Like, I just I don't know yeah. what to do. Violence, is, the way to end this is to kill is. everyone. <laughs> it's it's so really, funny. really top shelf. Yeah. The, the first scene at the court where, they, where they're talking trash forever, like, that, that gets a little redundant at some points to me. But there's so many nuggets of greatness mm. in their shit talking. I just love when he, call, when he says, your mother's an astronaut. He talked about your mama, man. He playing you for punk. He playing you and your mama for punk. I would take it. I would take it, man. And I love that the guy takes so much offense to that. Like, that's the worst thing he's ever heard. My mother ain't no astronaut. Say it. My mother ain't no astronaut. Like, I think that is the funniest thing. For whatever in the early 90s, insulting someone's mother was it. Yeah. Like, I don't think kids yeah. today will realize how protective people were of their mothers. Like, yo mama jokes were yeah. a were a real thing. There was its up. own industry. It, it was a th- <laughs> yeah. It was like, and I feel like this film put that on the like on the map from our mainstream yeah. perspective. It's crazy. Your mama's so fat. Your, mo- your mama's so fat she wakes up in sections. 
The best, my favorite one is I told your mother to act her age and the bitch dropped dead. <laughs> I mean, that's a really funny. Yeah. I, said, um, no, you're, you're, I saw your mom kicking a can. I asked her what she was doing. She said, moving. <laughs> yeah. The move just and dragging it that, out. I love that Woody, uh, Woody's response when he's like, fuck you, your mother's an astronaut. And he goes like, oh, my mother was too drunk to be an astronaut. <laughs> I love, like, that's a great... That's hilarious, but it's also a great illustration of the cultural differences that yeah. they have. Yeah. Where it's like these black dudes, that's the worst thing you can say. And Woody's like, yeah, <laughs> she sucks. Yeah. You know, like, no, who yeah. cares? Yeah. It's just so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. I, I, heard, I heard Seth Rogen talk about comedy, which I thought was very interesting. The difference is jokes versus story. Like, okay. And knowing that jokes are only really funny if they are directly supported by the story. And that's a joke, albeit funny, helps insight, gives you insight into that character. His mother yeah, being yeah, a yeah. drunk, funny, and but his response yeah. to it being sort of nonchalant, you know they don't have a good relationship, you know he's not <laughs> defensive of her, you know he's had a tough up. In one line, you learn yeah. a lot about Woody Harrelson's character in that throwaway line that people just may remember as a joke. But that's how intelligent comedy is in general. People don't give comedy enough credit, fuck you. The combination of the time period and the fashion, which is so hilarious. I mean, the fashion is next level hilarious. So that dudes that clearly think of themselves are hardcore are wearing like bicycle leotard shorts and midriff shirts and yeah. those weird little caps turned like up. Wesley Snipes hats are unbelievable. In yeah. that game. The two tank tops at once that are, you know, corresponding colors. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, when I was a kid, I thought I was really clever because they talk about how it usually takes a couple of years into each decade for that decade to kind of develop its style and its feel. And since this was still early 90s, probably shot in 91, it still has so much 80s. Yeah. And so I used to think like, I call it the 80s. You know, it's like a comedy, <laughs> it's not yet the 90s. Like when I was like 12, I thought that was so clever. It is clever. But I, I like love it. that because it's not quite 80s, and it's, but it's certainly not the 90s not yet. 90s, yeah. And it's just this weird two or three years where it's just chaos. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's pretty. It's so pretty. <laughs> well, and the, and, the, and the, the clothes being so bright combined with so much of this film is shot during like the midday. Like the sun is out. And these are the kind of things I don't often notice, but it brings, it, it, it all works to making this positive fun time. I'm not straining to see anything. There's not like dramatic shadows. Like this isn't that kind of movie I, I understand. But that you can just, it's just, it's a day in the park. This yeah. movie is a day in the park. Every basketball game is super well lit. There's no confusion. Like, it's, it, it goes a long way. Yeah. And who knows if that was all completely intentional, but just the entire vibe and visually, it's just an upper. It's yeah. just an upper. Yeah, the aesthetic of this film is fantastic. And it leans into the uh, themes of the film. We, we can guarantee victory, huh? Yeah. What do, you, what do you take away from the end of this film? Because I, I love it. And I feel like it's a film, an ending you would love as well because I, it feels very bittersweet. So I love it, but what do you love it? And what do you love about it, if so? I feel the same way. I, I really, really like it. I, I like that he doesn't end with Rosie Perez, who somehow we've made it this far into without mentioning her name because she is the scene-stealing dynamo who makes this movie yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. We'll come back to that. But uh, I, I, I think it's, it'd be so easy for them to end up together. Like this mostly happy movie could have this really happy ending and it would have been predictable and, and easy. But 
it's it's great. It's a, it's it it doesn't do. It's more about what it doesn't do for me, and it it doesn't do those things perfectly. There are certain things that give me in my personal life like a sense of peace. And at the end of this film, the the thing that one of the things, if not the most important thing to Woody Harrelson's character and Wesley Snipes for that reason is basketball and you're left knowing that they're always going to have that. So they're, they're always going to have the thing that they love the most. To liken it to Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> because I will. Both of those endings feel very congruent to me because the big thing that you'd think these characters want, they don't get, but they're still, you leave, you leave that film feeling good because you know that they're going to be okay because they have something else. They have each yeah. other. They have basketball, they have each other. In both instances, they have their friendship. Yeah. And you feel good about that. That's enough for you to get by. Yeah, it's, it's great because Woody in particular fucked up so many times. Yeah. Like he, he, he just can't get out of his own way. And the second time he does it, it's incredibly frustrating, much less the third or fourth. Like you're like screaming yeah, at the, the last television. Time, like, the, the last time. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> so like, it's good that it shows that has consequences. Yeah. That like he's he's he gets back with Rosie after Jeopardy and they 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 reconcile, but then he's gonna go do it again, yeah. even though we all want him to and think he should as the viewers. That's yeah. not it's not a great decision on yeah. his part, so he shouldn't be rewarded after that. You can't keep you can't fuck up four times, five times, yeah, just, uh, and be keep okay. breaking this girl's heart and expect to end up with her. He made his decision, yeah. and for better or worse, that's that's the way life's gonna go. What do you want? I want you, you stupid son of a bitch! So, you're, you're right, we should talk about Rosie Perez. I, f I feel like this, this was my first introduction to her. And I feel like, was this the thing? What an introduction. <laughs> she's, she's amazing in this film. Amazing. Do, but am I missing something? Is this, like, this is, to me, this is the role that I, this is her role. You know, this is the iconic yeah. role. When I think of Rosie Perez, this is the... The Hands role down. that I think Easy. is, or am I missing something? Another I don't think you're missing anything. I mean, to me, like I know this is wrong because she's had a, a long career, but it's damn near the only thing, which I think is a crime, because she is remarkable, and yeah. I think this should have made her the biggest star in the world. <laughs> like it's it, Woody and Wesley are both great, but she, if she's on screen, you're looking at her, her, her energy and her spunk. Yeah. Her sexuality. Yeah. I mean, everything about her is like at 11. If I'm thirsty, I don't want you to bring me a glass of water. I want you to sympathize. I want you to say, Gloria, I too know what it feels like to be thirsty. I too have had a dry mouth. I want you to connect with me through sharing and understanding the concept of dry mouthedness. Obviously, in this film, she is fantastic. I feel like, unfortunately, I bet her voice held her back, even though it's like her such unique <clears throat> trademark. You know what I think held her back? What's that? Racism. <laughs> and I'm being completely serious maybe, because maybe. the thing that I draw a parallel to, as you say this, this is funny because I was going to make this point anyway, but now you're like making my point even better, is that I compare it a little bit to Marissa Tomei and My Cousin Vinny, oh, where that's a, I, I wondered to myself, how come Rosie Perez wasn't nominated for an Oscar here? Like, this is just as good, if not better, of a performance as 
Marissa Tomei, who does a great job. I'm not hating on her at all. Meanwhile, 10 years later, my niece, the daughter of my sister, is getting married. My biological clock is ticking like this. And the way this case is going, I ain't never getting married. Who was nominated and won an Oscar. Talking like a thick, annoying accent from Queens or wherever she's all from. All right, Italian. Okay. Let's just... She, she is laying it on. <laughs> <laughs> she's going all the way. Do your which Boston is fine. accent. It's perfect. Do your Boston accent. It was a... That's how she talks. <laughs> Go down to the, the yard and get some pizza. <laughs> that's your Boston I was trying accent. a new one there. So you try, yeah, that's, the, that's like a southern... Um, anyway. It's evolving. Hey, look at me. I'm from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst. But she's still working. She's still doing stuff. Yeah, but she should have been bigger. She should have been bigger. She should have gotten all of J-Lo's roles... From the uh, from the nineties, the late nineties, at 90s? minimum. Yeah, at minimum. Yeah, she should have been. Should in be getting, she, she should be in a ton of stuff. Why doesn't she have like a defining romantic comedy? You know what I mean? How come she never got to be the lead in a in like a movie with Hugh Grant? It's a, <laughs> every every woman's dream. <laughs> You're right. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm there's, I'm gonna look it up. There's got to be something that that her career or racism. It could be racism. racism. You're, exactly the kind of thing I thought you would say. Well, let's talk shortly about Wesley and Woody. Okay. They were in this film. <laughs> yeah, they're, no, they're amazing. I wish I could have been an adult when this film came out, so I would have had a more frame of reference, so I could have seen it in the theater, number one, but also then had more of a frame of reference of Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Because if this movie comes out in 92, that's still like prime Cheers. Yeah. It's like, Cheers is on TV. Yeah. And I know some people don't realize now, like, what a big deal Cheers was. But Cheers is this amazingly huge show, like the precursor to Seinfeld, uh, in terms of the Banner uh, sitcom. Yeah. So and, and Woody on on Cheers is such like a corn-fed, like white boy, pure innocent character. So I can't imagine going from that to going to see this movie. Like I love Woody yeah, Harrelson. That's not. And he's in this <laughs> yeah. edgy movie where there's f bombs every other word. Like that. That had to be so much fun. Yeah. He, he, He's great, and, and Wesley is, is always great. I, I'm, I've always been a fan of Wesley Snipes. I, I am, I'm surprised. I don't know what went wrong with, with, with him, too. Like, he, he was... He's, he, Wesley Snipes is single-handedly responsible for the success of Marvel, for Christ's sake. Like, he's, he is. That's a fact, guys. That's, that's a fact. <laughs> that is a that, silly, silly thing to say. That is 100% true. They would, they would have had nothing without Blade. Nothing. Nothing. They wouldn't have eventually no. come around. No. They wouldn't. That was it. That was the last straw. That was the last. Google it. Google it. And if you're a Marvel fan, you probably already know. He was instrumental. Uh, maybe they would have figured it out without him. But hit Blade was a huge part of Marvel's success and be able to come back because they had sold everything off. It sold everything off. And they, were, they weren't taking control of their films anymore. It was a whole thing. And then that was their first film where it was a Marvel film and it made money. And it well, made Blade's a great movie. I, lo I love Blade. I'm yeah. a huge Blade fan. So, yeah. So, but, but I always like, I, I think he's his, I, I think he's such a fun, he's a, like a black Brad Pitt to me. Like he's just like a fun time. Like he's a good actor. He's a fun presence on screen. Like he's just good. He's just good in he's mostly very... everything. He's a very good actor. Yeah, I just I think he's I think he's a really underappreciated for his acting talents. I agree. I agree. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm just not sure why. Why people 
the tax well, evasion got, thing? Is that the like yeah, the he joke? Had, he had those legal problems, but he also is is uh, his his reputation is of being incredibly difficult. And Wesley Snipes was going crazy. He would you, he would only answer to the name Blade. You you couldn't call him. <laughs> he would only answer to Blade. Blade. But just like almost psychotically so. Where by the time they were doing Blade Three, he wouldn't even be on camera at the same time Was as it? like his stars. Wow. So like all, all like his co-stars like Ryan Reynolds and uh, Jessica Alba. No. Beal. Seventh Heaven. Yeah, Beal. Sarah Jessica uh, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like so all if you watch that movie, all the shots of Wesley Snipes are just like of his face. Like <laughs> I've like not seen like, Blade. Trinity, right? It's three. Three, Trinity. Trinity. Yeah, yeah. I've but it's seen. it's like that that sort of reputation where it would, it's like he he was kind of an asshole and he had these legal problems, so it 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 spiraled a little bit. But so happy to see him pop up again in that Dolomite movie from a year or two yeah. ago. And he's gonna be in coming to he's America. He's super funny in that. He's great. Yeah, he's gonna be in coming to America too. Too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Good. So I uh, yeah. Excited to watch that one and talk with you about it. Oh, I cannot wait for that. Prepare the royal jet. We are going back to America. Oh, hell no, your majesty. I got a question. Yeah? It seems like a high gamble that their entire hustle was based that these guys that they were playing against were always going to pick Woody Harrelson to play. I'll let you pick my teammate. I'll let you pick anybody out here. But I think that's the commentary on race. If you're, if you, if there's a all black people at a basketball court, they're going to say, you're going to pick someone. They're going to give you the white guy because they're going to assume that white guy can't be as good as the worst black person on that court. I get that's that. the point. And, and I, I, I understand that, and I think that's, pro- that's right. Like, the odds are. But the second time, they're putting up $1,700, and Woody's not even coming. He's not even off the train, basically. He's up there on yeah. the stairwell walking in, and they see him from, like, three streets over. <laughs> yeah. Like, you got that guy. Yeah. And then it's like... Uh, I, I don't know. That's a lot to gamble. It's a lot to risk on that. And also, I would say that white or black, uh, whoever's playing uh, street ball on a court, there's always one guy there that everyone knows is ass. So, like, I know that the, even even if they're all black dudes, they got that one guy there that's, like, kind of <laughs> someone's little cousin who, who is <laughs> can't even dribble straight. Like, I'm just saying. It's believable, but it's... It, it wasn't the best gamble. You didn't have, if you're, you're putting up $1,700, <laughs> well, you that, better that, That's be just your opinion of how you would gamble. The statement from a film standpoint, the, the, the film is making a clear statement on, on why they are picking Woody Harrelson. That's, the, that's, the, that's like the crux of the film. I know, this is so funny. That, like, this reminds me of Last of the Mohicans in, in reverse, where I, like, I'm bringing up something that I think is very like a, uh, a, a very fair point and you're like that's the whole point of the movie like you have to take it on faith because that's no, the no point. but that's not and that's what i would say about the romance and last of the mohicans like that's the point of the movie keith no like, that's it that's completely be different because realistic <laughs> you're wrong you're fucking wrong <laughs> you're a hundred percent wrong you can't just go back and watch the last of the mohicans episode you'll get it Nah, nah, fuck this. Both you motherfuckers are crazy. 